Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZUX and Z, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. And it's all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I've been bringing you this program for a while now, and I'm really, really happy to be able to do it again today. Thank you to Eddie for being in the studio, and thank you, my guest today, Juliana Sanchez. We're going to be spending the first half hour or so, more or less, um, talking about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, which is an amazing organization that does so much good for children and family on the coast, and Juliana is going to tell us all about that and also how we can... um, you know what we can do as as members of the community to help support the issues that they're trying to address and then um for the second part of the hour today uh, i'm going to open up the phone lines so if you're one of those people who enjoys calling in or enjoys listening to calling other people calling in stay tuned because we're going to be doing a sort of an end of the year call in uh, and i'm going to invite you to share some of your thoughts with me about what have been your strategies to get you through this year what do you expect for next year or maybe if you have some favorite books of the year or podcasts or movies to share so we're going to have uh, uh, an open lines type call in about those specific topics later in the hour but and also i'm going to share before we do the call in later in the hour i'm going to share some new information about masks with the omicron uh, variant uh, the uh, recommendations regarding masks have been um, developed further and i'm going to share some of that in some of that new information with you today um, after our interview with Juliana. Now I'd like to welcome Juliana Sanchez. She is uh, with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. Um, and um, rather than me talking about it, I'm just going to invite you to introduce yourself. What do you? What is your association with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? And what is the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? Welcome, Juliana. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, Jonna and Eddie. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here this morning and be part of this Wild Oak interview. Um, What is the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? I have been honored to be employed by them this year in August after leaving the school district. Um, I have my background as an early childhood development, and I have been a preschool teacher for almost 10 years. Um, I decided to take a break, and I got the blessing of being put into this organization that does miracles for the community. I am very happy to be part of them. The Mendocino Coast Children's Family has been our coast to go for family crisis over the past almost 30 years now. Annie Liner is our executive director currently here on the board, and She began this project with a couple of friends and a vision to help and support children. So I know this is where I want to be because that's where my heart has been ever since I moved to the United States and I figured out what I wanted to do. Um, The Mendocino Coast Children's Fund is a way for families that are falling through all the obstacles and can't climb the wall and can't seem to get and receive the help that they need. They give us a call. We assess who they are, what the needs are. And I am currently serving as a resource specialist. So it's really fun 
to put the puzzle together, find out what the resources they need, and plug them in. That's what I have been doing currently, working for them. But they are just the most outgoing agency. And thanks to all the donors, we are have been able to support many, many families. Even this last three months, it's been, it's been great. It's been healing. I love seeing agencies that, current and that are working together in our nonprofit. It's just the plug for all those agencies for the families that are going through the crisis. That's just the, the intro. Okay. So um, I, I read a, uh, Amy sent out an email um, on the December, she, as she does every few months. You know, reminding people that that the uh, that they're that they're doing the work that they're doing and and asking people to support them. And one of the things that I found so hugely impressive is that um, it said in the in the email that they that the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund has given out over a million dollars of services during this pandemic and that is just amazing and and my understanding is that that you know all of the money that people donate to Mendocino Coast Children Funds actually goes towards providing services to the community that's correct Mendocino Coast Children's Fund is funded solely by our community donations all of our donors it, the money belongs to you. We are serving children ages 0 to 18, and we're currently covering from Westport to Wallala and inland into Comchi and just collaborating with all the other inland resources that we have to bring, to bring more to our community. But it's mainly because that almost million dollars was just here, our neighbors that care and are so supportive and you know, they write up a check and we brainstorm ideas. We connect with our school districts and the private child care centers. And anyone that reaches out, we, like I said, we tried our best to support them. And it's all because of our amazing local donors. You're, you're a current, you're, um, Annie Liner was on the program a few times and she was on the program um, when the pandemic first started uh, last year. And I remember her saying um, that one of the things that, that really um, makes you so, as effective as you are in terms of providing services is, is, as you just mentioned a little bit, and maybe you could in, in expand on that, is the fact that, that um, you work together with many other organizations and you leverage and build on the services that are provided by other organizations so that you can work as a team and in, in partnership with them. I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about more about that. Definitely. When I first started working, I was, I was so delighted to walk into the food bank. That's one of the experiences I have working together with our community. Our local Fort Bragg food bank just opened up their doors and taught me everything I had to know about the community. I have been in the other side, sitting in a classroom with children for almost 10 years, doing some family developing and fundraising for these agencies. And now I got to step out of the classroom, be in the side of the community and work together. The food bank I've learned are so effective. They're so effective in this community. And it's just so, I'm so honored to work along the and and get family 
food resources. So that's that's one of the agencies we work closely with. Um, we also work closely with school counselors who are feeling the needs that they have for their families and their students. If they come across a crisis and they need some support, they call us and we are there to help. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Safe Passage was another great resource center that we worked with. We actually just finished the big toy run on December 4th, and that was a great turnout for toys. We had Safe Passage served. I believe around 45 families and over hundreds of toys for kids. It was amazing to see that. So um, I felt like Santa Claus. My office was was Santa Claus shop for sure. Um, working with them was also very helpful, and I learned a lot from them. I learned about case managing and um, uh, figuring out how to find what these families need and what resources are available uh i don't think i don't think i'm a little scared about our community stepping in and i really want people to step in and get working on the idea of reinitiating a new family resource center i strongly believe our community needs a family resource center i'm concerned about the gap of the families that will not be being served in the next month or two or until that new family resource center initiates. But I could tell you, I have been doing my best at connecting and continuing to serve those families that need support that Safe Passage was getting for them. Um, we also have referrals going to human services and in Point Arena we have Action Network that we're also working with closely just so we could fill up the gap along the coast and every child can have what they need. So my goal is to work with the county and get more resources off, offered here on the coast and maybe find a place to house them. I think that's an important project and I need a team to do that and I need your help, neighbors. To brainstorm and figure out how we're going to do this moving forward. You mentioned you mentioned um, in the beginning when you talked about what is the Mendocino Coach Children's Fund. And by the way, let me just tell you, dear listeners, that you're tuned into Wild Oak Living. Um, this is a program about living sustainably and developing community in Mendocino County and beyond. And it comes to you every other Thursday. Uh, alternates with the Cannabis Hour from 9 to 10 a.m. Today, my guest is Juliana Sanchez. Um, she is with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, and we're talking about the work of the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and how our community can support this important work. Uh, one of the things, you, Juliana, you mentioned in the beginning is that the Mendocino Coast Children Fund, Children's Fund works with many other organizations, and you sort of focus on connecting uh, people who need services with services, but, but also on, on, on uncovering the gaps that are not filled when something happens and people fall through the cracks. Um, for example, I remember Annie saying last year when she was on the show, Annie Liner said that the, uh, you were providing, the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund was providing meals to kids because the schools had closed and, the, and, and all the kids that got their breakfast and lunch at school 
um, you know, maybe weren't having enough to eat anymore because now the, the school wasn't providing the meals anymore. So that's just an example of the kind of thing that happens, um, you know, when an emergency happens or like a fire or a flood or, you know, uh, or, or even a cold snap or, or an eviction crisis. There are so many things that create problems for people, um, you know, who are, who are not blessed with a lot of resources. So I'm just want maybe if you could share, a few examples or stories or the kinds of things, you know, where people fall through the cracks. I, I know, for example, she also talked about providing diapers to people because diapers are really expensive. And, you know, if you don't have a lot of money to feed your kids, you know, you might not have any money to buy diapers. So I'll just share a few of those stories with us or some examples of the kinds of things that the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund does for people who fall through the, through the, the gaps. Definitely, Joanna. I also want to invite everyone to check out um, our website at www.mccf.info. You will find our Mendocino Coast Fund partners, our network partners. There's an immense list I can go through. But besides Fort Bragg Unified, we also have um, Action Network and community faith groups. We have Fort Bragg Rotary. We're partners with Head Start Healthy Mendocino. We, you know, NCRPD. There's just an immense list you can check out, and that way you can get familiar with who our network partners are. Um, going back to your question about filling the gaps, one thing I observed coming into this field, working with the community, was the exhaustion Families are just exhausted uh, with COVID and without, and prior COVID. There's just a lot going on. There's one of the very great experiences I had was coming in. We had a mother with four children whose power was turned off, and she just couldn't make it to a family resource center to pick up an application and get her, her fees paid. So it took, you know, driving to her house, dropping off the application, getting her to understand that I was there to help and waiting for her in the car until that application was done so her power can get turned back on after five days of not being able to cook or heat. And, you know, with a brand new baby in the house, that's just, it's not right. It's not right. So when I say it's time to step up and, you know, we also need to, need to understand that there's a lot of, there's a lot going on and we need to be kind to people and maybe not sit and wait for them to come and get that application. But when a referral comes in, you try your best and, you know, you do what's right. And in my heart, it was driving over and getting her to fill out that application so her electricity can get turned back on because that's important. That's just one of the, you know, many other Things that we've done, um, Mendocino Coast Children's Fund also sponsors soccer teams and, you know, volleyball camps throughout the summer. The goal is to keep kids busy and for them to keep having fun in the youth. I, I grew up, gratefully, in a community where my mother would sign me up in every event and she will make and custom make all my dress ups. And I just had a blast. And I think that's where the love for community grew on me. 
And if we can continue to plug that feeling into our youth, our children, I think we're going to generate great communities and we're going to give the children all the tools they need to be confident and to go out into the world and, and survive. Um, the camps are great things. I'm, I'm passionate to continue to sponsor those for our community children. Um, but when COVID comes, we've also been able to help supply them with simple things like clothes and shoes. We have a shoe program through our school districts for all the counselors to hand out um, if they need it. And that's just, that's, that's huge. Having new shoes is, it's a great way to feel confident and be able to go to school and feel good about yourself. Um, backpacks. And we do an event once a year right before school begins. And that is our big clothing giveaway. Huge. It's very well attended. It's almost as big as the toy run, if not bigger. Um, but again, we are able to purchase all of those items because of our amazing community of donors. Um, making making our students go to school feeling really good about themselves. We've also helped people with their fees, getting their legal documents and birth certificates. We've helped them with gas cards when there's an emergency surgery out of town and they need a hotel. Um, a lot of our hospitals or programs or insurances don't cover that and it's expensive when you have to go get surgery in UC Davis or UCSF, families often are grateful that I, we hand out a map because they've never left this town before, but they're more grateful when we can offer a place for them to stay and relieve the stress and support them with gas cards as well. Um, when there, I know that wildfires are also a big way for us to support our community. Whenever there's a wildfire and our community loses at home, we step up and we try to accommodate and provide the resources they need. Um, I, I, we go from tents to toothbrushes to ponchos on a rainy day for middle school kids to gas cards to dropping off the application you need to get your PG&E going. Um, I invite everyone to come by or give me a call when they need just to chat and figure out what we can do to help. There's there's a lot of resources that are untouched, and I think it's we just, we need to make that connection for them. I think it sounds like it's a combination of both uh, resources that are available, but just people need help connecting to the resources. But then there's also many situations where those res that those resources that are available don't cover. And that's where you step in and, and you fill the gaps and you do it, it. It sounds like you do it without a lot of bureaucracy and overhead. Yes. I mean, it goes, it also goes to car repairs. And if a home loses their job or is, out of work for two weeks, that's a huge impact on their income. And it's it's a hard situation. And Mendocino Coast Children's Fund has done an amazing job at being able to say yes to the families that need it. What I love about what you just said is is you you of course talked about the tremendous need that there is and that that you know that the community steps up to to support by supporting the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. 
But I love I love your passion for not just meeting needs, which is of course hugely important because people have to eat, like you said, they you know they have to have new shoes every once in a while. They have to have you know new clothes, new underwear, and diapers, and all of those basic needs just just to feel like a human being, right? Um, but at the same time, I love your passion for going beyond that and saying, you know, kids need to have fun, kids need to play, kids need to learn. Um, and then that's, that's just as important as providing them with basic needs so that they grow up to be healthy adults. Definitely. I try, you know, when, when a family walks into my office and when we're done assessing them and when we realize, you know, we're moving forward, we're going to get you some help. Sometimes it's not Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, what they need. It's other resources, like I mentioned, that are just laying there waiting to be touched. Um, but having a special toy or just having a special connection with their families and those children so they can also feel appreciated and they can feel, you know, gosh, we've been going through a really hard week at home and we just met this lady and she handed me a toy. Like that's amazing. So making that connection is also really important. It's important to me. Um, and play. You're right. Play is probably my favorite word here. It's it's important. and. Adults need to continue to play and children need to play because that's how we grow. And I am really passionate about our community building and, and getting the resources we need. And I need a team. I'm sorry. I forgot to take myself off. We talk a bit about, about the team. Talk a bit about the people that are involved in the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. So we currently have a board. And Annie Liner, like I said, has been our executive director. We also have uh, Margaret Fox in our board. And we have Ryan Grossman, Sasha Branham, Sherry Spires, Tracy McDaniel is our newest recruitment, and William White. Oh, I'm sorry. And Cydia, Cydia Borch. These amazing group members are the most supportive board I've ever worked with. And they're all passionate about the same thing, helping our children in the community, obtaining the resources we need to make every family thrive and providing fun activities. We talk about generating programs that can do all of these three things. Of course, I need to go and win the lottery before that happens. But if I did win the lottery, I could not ask for a better board to work with because they're so supportive. And we all have the same focus, which is build, 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 and have fun. You mentioned the website for the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, mccf.info. Uh, how, how can people support the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? Well, if you would like to be in our donation list, I encourage you to go to www.nccf.info. There's a link there. You can put in your donation. You can do a one-at-a-time, one-time donation. You can do a monthly donation. And no donation is too small. You could do $5. And we will truly appreciate that because those $5 will go somewhere in this community that really needed it. So um, go on the website, check out our amazing list of network partners. And then also on the website, you can see where your donations get put at work. 
you know, there's a long list of all the wonderful things that MCCF has done and will continue to do to utilize that money and and support our families. What would you like to share with us that I haven't asked you about it yet? Or do you have a story or an anecdote or something something that, that you share with us that I haven't asked you about yet? Let's see. Well, I just, I'm in love with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. And, you know, that's I so obvious. That's so that's, obvious. That's, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, this is where my heart is. Um, I am a mother of two boys. I have Joel and Jose, who are 13 and 11. And um, they're wonderful kids. They, they really are very supportive. And I think it's important for our children to see their parents doing something they love because again that's where we build stronger stronger communities stronger futures that's important so i'm very blessed to be here and thank you for listening to me today you know i i just had an idea one you know one one way to to pay it forward and and to to share with our kids, you know, how wonderful it can be to help your community could be that, you know, like if parents or grandparents donate with their kids, you know, or with their grandkids or with a neighbor's kids or something like that, some some way that gets children involved in the act of giving to other children and, and to families that that might that might be a good a good thing to do, maybe maybe for as a year end kind of thing. Definitely. I want to mention before I forget, um, a project that Lisi Martinez and I started at the food bank, it's a recurrent program. It's called our community closet. And I want to encourage our community to be part of it, either by showing up and volunteering or donating or picking up the stuff that's being donated. Our community closet is once a month on a Saturday. It's usually typically the third Saturday. So, the next one will be January 15th from 11 to 2 p.m. And what that is, is we're playing themes. See, I'm still thinking on a preschool mode. Every month we are doing a theme and you can donate. You could drop off your donations according to whatever the theme is. We just had our gene theme. And on that date, you can come and check out what we have. Everything is free. It grew a whole lot. We do need volunteers that are willing to come and sort through all the stuff and put it up and put it down for us. And that's this January 15th. I hope to see a lot of people drop by. How would people get in touch if they want, if they want to either come and, and find out more or if they want to donate or help volunteer? If you want to donate, you can call the food bank. Uh, Lisi Martinez is kind of the head coordinator. She's the head coordinator. So get in contact or stop by the food bank and just let them know you want to drop off some things and we'll take them. And this is the food bank in Fort Bragg? Correct. Okay. Now, what's the, what's the contact information for the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? We already gave the website mccf.info. Is, is, is there an email or a phone number or something that people can call to get in touch or should they go to the website? Um, you can call my number, which is 707-972-3583. Um, it's a cell phone. You could also text if you needed to. And then my email is community.mccf.info. Community you can email me there as well. 
community.mccf.info at, is there an at? No, no at. Oh, well, but if it's an email, there needs to be an at something. Let me get that for you. Okay. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I just want to make sure that that everybody has the right contact information. Um, is it is it the same email that that you sent to me? Oh, you're right. Community at mccf.info. Okay, community at mccf.info is your is your your email. Great, and that's for anybody who wants to get in touch regarding supporting you or 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 getting services through you. What do you what do you foresee to be the the biggest needs in the, in the next few months in terms of the work that the MCCF is doing the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund? So currently, I'm working with the CD grant. There's a lot. There's a huge need for loss of income for a lot of families. Rent assistance is one of them. It's a huge one. Um, families are afraid of being evicted. There's nowhere for them to go. If you try looking for a house for rent in Fort Bragg, you're looking at ridiculous high amounts of money, and it's hard. Families can't afford that. So it's it's a real time of crisis and stress. Not being able to work for two weeks is a huge impact. Um, and, you know, these are families with children who are also staying home because their children are staying home, and it's very difficult. So rent assistance Along with surgeries, there's quite a few of that happening in our world with covering of medical mileage and hospital visits. That's, those are the two big concerns I'm facing in the next few months. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Juliana Sanchez from the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund for being on Wild Oak Living this morning. I really enjoyed having you. And thank you, you and everyone associated with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund for all the wonderful work that you do. It's, it's, it's such a, it's such a reassuring feeling to know there are people like you in our world. And I, and I hope the community steps up and continues to support you like they have been, which would be really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, the website for the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund is mccf.info. And give your phone number and email again, just in case people didn't have a chance to write it down before. Definitely. You could reach Juliana at 707-972-3583. And you can also email me at community at mccf.info. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Juliana, and all the best for your future work. Thank you. You are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZYXNZ, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and uh, I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. We've got about uh, 25 minutes left in the program, and we're going to spend that doing two things. One is... I want to start out by sharing some updated uh, mask information with you. Um, the the <clears throat> there have been some some new guidelines coming out as far as the effectiveness of masks um, with the with the Omicron uh, the COVID uh, variant. And then we're going to open up the phone lines here, and we're going to invite you to call in. and And I'm and I'm going to provide a theme. Uh, or or a collection of themes for the call in. Um, primarily, I'd love to hear what your ideas are 
and and strategies have been for for getting there through these past two years and also looking forward for dealing with with 2022 which hopefully will be a much better year um and and but if you don't want to go into that uh, aspect, uh, I also would love to hear if you had a really, really memorable book that, that you read this year or a really memorable movie that you saw, or maybe the new thing also, well, podcast, you know, if you have a podcast or two that you're listening to that you really enjoy and that you recommend to the community, if you, you can call in about that. But, but while you get all that information ready and get ready to call in, um, I'm going to share some of this information about masks. Um, and it, it's, it's, was, it's summarized in today in a little article in the New York Times, but I'm sure there's other sources where you can find more information about, about that. Um, basically, the message seems to be that we need to think about upgrading our masks. If you've, if you've, um, if you've been wearing, you know, a thin cloth mask or, or something like that, um, the, the message seems to be, I think about upgrading that. Um, uh, and, and here's, here's some suggestions about how to do that. So, so the, the N95 mask, we've all heard about that. It's the kind of mask that, you know, that we've been wearing even before the pandemic, whenever there was smoke in the air. It's the kind that has the two rubber bands that go behind, not behind your ears, but on your head. And those are the most securely fitting masks. Um, um, there are quite a few counterfeit ones out there. Um, so it's it's important to do your research to make sure that you're actually wearing an effective one. Because if it's not effective, um, then... Um, then you know the, then it's not going to be uh much more effective than a thin cotton mask but uh a good N95 mask filters out 95% of the riskiest articles and particles and because it it fits on your head rather than behind your ears it tends to fit more securely and the important thing is these N95 sometimes come with these valves uh in in the front and it's important to avoid those for for two reasons one is uh, it, that valve opens up when you breathe out, and so you're basically not protecting anybody else in case you're sick. And also, sometimes that valve doesn't close securely, so it might even put you at risk as you're as you're breathing in. And then the, the other mask, the one that one sees most frequently, and that seems to be most frequently available, is the KN95. KN is a standard uh, that comes from China. It also filters out 95% of hard-to-trap particles, and it has those ear loops behind your ear instead of the, the, the rubber bands on top of your head. There's a lot of KN95, counterfeit KN95s out there. Um, they work, work about as well as a cloth mask, so it's not like you're not protected at all with a counterfeit mask, but it's, it, it's, it's a good idea to find one from a reputable supplier, maybe through a pharmacy or, you know, some, someplace where you, we can be reasonably sure that it's not counterfeit. Um, there's an, an, a relatively new to us mask also available now, and that's called the KF94. Uh, according to the New York Times, this is a top pick among health experts because it, of its quality, high filtration rate, and snug fit. It has a top and bottom flaps that you can uh, and 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 a, a moldable nose bridge. Uh, because it's slightly larger than the N95, uh, it can be or the KN95, it can be easier to speak through it. Um, 
the, uh, the New York Times says to make sure that it's made in Korea where quality control efforts make counterfeits less likely. This also looks very different from the, from the KN95 or the N95. So that's the KF94 uh, out of Korea. The, the one mask that people wear most often, and it's also the least expensive one, is the surgical mask that's made from pleated synthetic fabric and it expands to fit around your face. This one can trap about 60 to 80% of particles in the lab. But in the real world, according to the New York Times, uh, the gaps make surgical masks less effective. There's a couple of strategies that you can use to make <clears throat> surgical masks more effective. And, and one is, um, what I'm most often seeing is that they end up being too loose on people's faces and then they slide below your nose. And if you're, you know, here's my, here's my message that I have in every program. If your nose is not covered, you're not wearing a mask. Okay. <laughs> your nose breathes just as, just like your mouth breathes. And if you're wearing your mask only on your mouth and your nose is exposed, then you're not wearing a mask. <laughs> then you're not masked. You're not fully masked. So uh, make sure your nose is covered. But if your mask is loose and tends to slide down under your nose, what you can do, and there's lots of instructions on YouTube if you want to, if you want to Google, you know, fitting surgical masks on YouTube. But one strategy is to knot the ear lubes next to the mask. And that tightens the earlobes and makes them shorter, and it also tightens the mask on your face, and that way you won't have the sliding problem of it falling down below your nose. Um, and another, another, oh, and also if that mask tends to get wet most quickly um, because it's relatively thinner compared to the others, and so it's important if you know if if you're breathing a lot and the mask gets damp, it's important to. To you know, to let it dry out and put on a fresh one to make it to keep its effectiveness. That's not in this article, but I've learned that in the in the past studying up about masks. And so now they talk about the two layer cloth mask that most people have. Um, and if you have a two layer cloth mask with a third layer of a filter between those two layers, um, then that's the best non medical mask. But um, the filtration rate is going to be very much determined by the by the type of fabric that you use for a fabric mask. Um, if you hold it up to a window, you can see how much light sneaks through, and light equals porosity means you know stuff can get through it. So it should be as <clears throat> as as little light as possible coming through. Um, and and as as it says in the beginning of the article, you know cloth masks with filters. Uh, are you know they do mention them as as masks that you know that that are certainly better than no mask but um they might not be as protective against omicron as they were for for delta and for other for other variants um one thing that you can do if you like wearing a cloth mask and a lot of us have you know a collection of really pretty cloth masks uh, that go with our outfits etc but if you want to have more protection what you can do is you can double mask and that's to um that's a way to upgrade your favorite cloth masks and you, what you do is you wear you put a surgical mask on and then you put your cloth mask uh, above that and what that does is not only it increases the filtration that the mask provides but it also um it also makes makes your um, surgical mask fit better by having the cloth mask on top of it. And so um, that's, you know, that that can provide you with more protection. But the, the summary of the article is, and, and that's, you know, that's um, 
also their message any face covering is better than nothing and the best mask is the one that you will wear consistently on your mouth and your nose i might add um so but uh, you know just maybe think about upgrading your masking or at least making sure that whatever masking routine you use is still considered effective for the omicron variant which appears to be advancing rapidly so that's my message for today. Um, check check into upgrading your mask if necessary, and please cover your nose along with your mouth. <laughs> and please do wear a mask. It's not it you know medical personnel wears them all the time. It doesn't it doesn't you know it it for for ninety nine point nine percent of all people it's not a problem. Obviously, tiny little kids shouldn't wear them. People who are somehow disabled and couldn't remove their own mask shouldn't wear them. Um, uh, you know, but but for most of us who go out in the public and who go shopping and who go to stores, you know, uh, wearing masks is the, is is the way that we can protect others along with being vaccinated and being boosted and along with being tested. And that's the other thing I want to leave you with. I know that that there have been a lot of problems getting those rapid tests for people to test themselves before they go to family gatherings, etc. And that's really frustrating. Uh, and, and I just want to remind people that there is still widespread testing, PCR testing available, um, and, and also some rapid testing in, in testing sites all around the county. And um, if you go to Mendocino, is it mendocino.org? I should have, I should have um, pulled that up. But if you go to the Mendocino County website and check for COVID testing, or if you just Google Mendocino County COVID testing, you will find many, many test sites that are there all the time, uh, uh, you know, at, at various days and times of the week. And there's even a bus that travels, a blue bus that travels from, from town to town in Mendocino County and is in a different place every day that where you can go and get rapid tests. So, um, you know, keep wearing your mask, keep getting tested, get boosted if you're eligible. And uh, let's all get through this together. That's my message for today. And I've talked so long that we don't have that much time for callings anymore. But let's open up the phone lines. The number to call is 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. And let's talk about what got you through so far, your best strategy, your strategy going forward. Uh, your favorite book that you would want to recommend to others, your favorite movie you want to recommend to others, or uh, podcasts, if you want to recommend those. So, um, if you have some, some thoughts on that, give us a call. 707-895-2448. Juliana, you're still with us. Uh, do you have a favorite book or favorite movie or something that, that you want to recommend? <laughs> or some thoughts about how, what gets you through the pandemic and going forward? Let's start with you, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Thank you. I will. Let's start with what gets me through the pandemic. Recently, I joined the Westport Volunteer Fire Department, and they have been incredible mentors to me. And it's really fun to go there and do the trainings and learn all about first responding, the first responders world. That's, that's getting me through the pandemic, and it's a great resource to have on hand. I'm so just thank you, Fire Department. I'm just blown away, Juliana, because in addition to doing all the work that you do for the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, you're also now volunteering for the fire department. You're such a shining example of 
community engagement? Well, it's that group of people that, you know, implement the same foundation of growth and kindness and just that connection of beautiful human beings that want to have a great community and they put their kind actions to work. So a big shout out to them. And thank you, Westport Volunteer Fire Department, for keeping me going through the COVID. You know, that's such a, such a good um, uh, thought that you have, too, about, about volunteering for fire departments, because one of the things I understand is that, that many fire tar- volunteer fire departments, and by the way, most fire departments are volunteer fire departments. There's, there's Cal Fire, and there's some, some uh, fire departments that, that have, you know, paid staff, but most of them are volunteers. Uh, and, and because, and, and there seems to be two factors at play here right now that cause problems for fire departments. One is that, is that people are aging out, you know, people are aging out and young people aren't coming in. And, and, you know, the main reason for young people not coming in seems to be, um, that it's so hard for young people to, to earn a living and to live here with, uh, with the employment and, and rent situation. Um, that we have going on, and and so people leave, and that means no volunteers for the fire department. And I'm just so I'm just so impressed, uh, you know, that you chose to take that step. It's been a good step. I'm very proud, very happy. Maybe and you're you right. Can... The cost of leaving it doesn't help us to volunteer and have extra time, but yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, if you, if you can't afford to live here, you also can't afford to volunteer for the fire, for the local fire department. And if the only people that can afford to live here are people that moved here 30 years ago, well, we're getting to the age where volunteering to fight fires might not be the, you know, the best use of our aging bodies. So, yeah. So I'm just so happy whenever I see a young person step forward like you and volunteer for the fire department. That's wonderful. Give us a call. We have open lines right now. Come join us in this conversation about what got you through the pandemic so far, what keeps you going, or what book you've read, what movie you saw, what podcast you recommend that can inspire us. Our phone number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. I'm planning to reread uh, E.O. Wilson's books uh, in the in the near future. E.O. Wilson, the the world famous biologist, whose whose latest I think or one of his latest books was all about how we should dedicate half of this planet to nature, um, because that's you know that's the protection that nature needs to survive and to help us all survive. So I highly recommend any of the books by E.O. Wilson. Um, he, he specialized on ants and he used studying ants as an example for studying the ecosystem. But he's written really widely about uh, all kinds of eco-related topics and he has a, a really beautiful vision for what humanity can do and how we can go forward. So E.O. Wilson's books, I highly recommend those. Okay. I just heard from Eddie that the phones are working. That means we're just not getting any calls. <laughs> and that's kind of sad. So um, if you want to step forward, give us a call, 895-2448-707-895-2448. Join this conversation. Or if you have a question or if you have a suggestion, um, anything anything that, you know, that, 
connects our community or provides information or, or inspiration to our community. That's what this program is about. That's why I've been doing this program for so many years is I like to present, and by the way, this program is Wild Oak Living today that you're listening to right now, and this is Johanna Wild Oak. I've been doing this program. We have a call. Yay. All right. Let's do it. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Good morning, Johanna, and thank you for the program. I just have a um, a quick book recommendation. I hope I've got the author's name exactly right, but it's a fascinating book called The Entangled Life, and I think it's Marvin Sheldrake, and it is about the, it's just an, an amazing book about the importance of fungi. It's all about fungi. It's, it's a, it reads really well. There's a lot of scientific information. It's mind-bogglingly interesting and very approachable. Can you repeat the title of the book again, please? The Entangled Life. The entangled I can't remember life. whether it's The Entangled, but Entangled Life will get it. It's been very well reviewed, and um, uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling information. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your recommendation. Okay. I've got lots of others, but my old brain can't remember them right now. So. <laughs> Okay. Well, Happy New Year and happy and thank you for all the beautiful music shows you did for us on KZOAX, Pippa. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I miss them. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a great book. And um, while we wait for other... I want to I want to recommend a, a, a film, and it's it's not brand new. It came out earlier this uh, early this year, or maybe even at the end of last year. But it's called Fantastic Fungi, and it is a film that was made uh, with with uh, Paul Stamets, who is the mushroom guru. He's he's been to Mendocino County. A lot of people in Mendocino County know him or know about him. Um, and it's it's a beautiful, beautifully filmed. Um, film, you know, in terms of the videography, uh, lots of slow motion, close-up type mushrooms grow, and lots of information about mushrooms. Very inspiring, beautiful music, um, fantastic fungi. I don't know exactly what platforms you can watch it on right now, but if you go to fantasticfungi.com or Google fantastic fungi, I'm sure you'll find that film. It's you'll learn so much, not just about fungi, but um, um, also about the role that they can play in in bioremediation in 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 cleaning up our world and and uh, and removing toxins and things. Um, uh, Juliana, you just you just uh, sent me some information that you want to share regarding another way that people can make donations to the Mendocino Coast Children Fund. Let's go ahead and do that. Thank you, Joanna. So if we if we also are taking donations via mail, feel free to send a check at P.O. Box 1616, Mendocino, California, 95460. Um, and thank you again. As the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, to if you want to mail donations, P.O. Box 1616, Mendocino, CA, 95460. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, some people write, like to write a physical check. Uh, we have five minutes left in this program. That means we have room for a couple more calls. If you want to share with us um, something that inspired you this past year, something that helped you get through the pandemic, something that helps you deal with all the pandemic-related stress, 
um, or something that you recommend to people going forward, or if you've read a good book or watched a good movie or listened to a good podcast that you want to share with us. Um, I also want to tell you while we wait for more calls, please give us a call. The number again is 707-895-2448, 707-895-2448. This is Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. Join the conversation. We have room for a couple more calls if you would like to join us. And while we wait for more calls, I also want to share with you that next, uh, in the next program, two weeks from today, on January 13th between 9 and 10 a.m., I'm going to do another one of those programs that I promised I would do occasionally last year uh, about uh, community, community resilience and how we can um, how we can learn to live and thrive in a world where basically change and emergency has become the new normal and how we can develop uh, more resilience on a personal level and also more resilience as a community for for working together and for helping each other um, thrive in this environment uh, and and solve problems and and you know and just move move forward as a community so we're going to do a program about that on January 13th from 9 to 10 a.m. here on Wild Oak Living. My guests uh, uh, will include Claudia Wenning, who has been on this program before. She is a um, a naturopath in, in Willits, and she has um, lots of good information to share with us about um, about tools and strategies and things that we can do to move to move forward into this new year um, and also to, to find out uh, where where our strengths can be and what 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 we want to emphasize in our lives and how we how we deal how we become more resilient and stronger and uh, that's going to be a really great program and it's going to be another call in program so you'll be able to call in and participate during that program January 13th from 9 to 10 a.m. if you missed any of the programs uh, on Wild Oak Living and or any of the other programs you know KZUX has this jukebox that you can go to and you can listen to online or even download some of the programs there and that is at jukebox.kzyx.org you can look for programs by dates or by or by program name and uh, so if you want to go back and listen to anything okay we are down to two minutes <laughs> I guess that we, we might have room for a quick phone call if you wanted to give us a call 895 707-895-2448 um Otherwise, I'm just going to uh, let you know that uh, the, the Wild Oak Living is on every other week. So the next one, as I said, is on January 13th. Um, and the one after that is on January 27th. Uh, and that's also going to be a fascinating program. I'm going to have um, some authors uh, on talking about, about some books. I actually want to share this info with you. Sorry, I had to get up to grab the books, but I want to share this information with you. We're going to be talking about uh, two different books on January 27th, and one of them is called Genders by Catherine Bond Stockton, and it is a book about why gender is strange even when it's played straight and how race and money are two of its most dramatic ingredients. That sounds fascinating. 
And the other book I'm going to be talking about on January 27th is Media Ready Feminism and Everyday Sexism, How U.S. Audience create, Audiences Create Meaning Across Platforms. So that's going to be our topics for January 27th. And as I said, to Next week, two weeks from today, on January 13th, we'll be talking here on Wild Oak Living about personal and community resilience going forward in an environment where emergencies have become the normal. Okay, we are almost at the end of the program, and we've got 10 seconds to go. Join us again in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Johanna Wild Oak signing off. Thank you again, Julia Sanchez of the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.